Hi, family. Welcome tonight to our midweek service. I'm so delighted that you've chose to join with me tonight. Why don't you hit that share button and invite your friends to come and join us tonight. I promise you they'll be interested in this message that I'm going to be preaching tonight. I'm going to go to the Word of God in just a few moments, and we're going to look at the subject, if Jesus heals, why do we still get sick? Now, I'm sure that that's a topic that your friends as well as yourself are interested in. For the last two weeks, we've looked at a biblical basis for healing. We're going to talk about there's a lot more to say, but I want to go ahead and deal with that obvious glaring question that I get asked a lot, and I'm sure you've been asked or maybe you've even thought before. But why don't you take a moment right now, go to the Google Store if you don't have it, or go to the Apple App Store if you don't have it, and download our church app, or you can go to the website, www.woodland.church, and download the notes so you can follow me along with the notes tonight. You want all of these scriptures, and you want to be able to take some notes and keep up with what I'm sharing with you, because this is such a needed message uh, for the church, especially when it comes to the subject of healing, and after we've all walked through this COVID crisis together. But before we got, get started, would you be sure that your students, if you're the parents of teenagers, that they're joining online with Pastor Corey tonight, and they're part of our youth service called Elevation. And then also, you can uh, go ahead and go online tonight, and you can click Give on our website or text 777-977, and you can give using the keyword Woodland Church. Thank you so much for your faithfulness and for your giving, or you can just mail a check right here to the church, 24101 Van Horn Road, Brownstown, Michigan. But I want to pray for you. I want to pray for your finances. I want to pray for your family. And then I want to pray that God will give us eyes to see with and ears to hear for this message tonight, because I do believe it's a vital message that we need to hear. So join me in prayer right now. Our gracious Father, it's so amazing to me when I read, Lord, the Old Testament, and I look at all the sacrifices, I look at how great the chasm that we sing about here at the church sometime that lay between us that Christ has bridged for us at Calvary, and now we get to cry out so intimately, Abba, Father. We get to come to you, Lord Jesus, with the love and the devotion and the adoration that you've made real to us through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so first tonight, Lord, I pray over those as, as they're giving right now, whether they're texting to give or giving online or maybe mailing a check, Lord, for their tithes and their mission support. I'm asking you, would you bless them? Would you protect their finances? Give them a healthy financial home, Lord. A home, Father, where they excel in their giving, but also, Lord, they excel in their stewardship for your glory and honor as well. Rebuke the enemy from any attack upon their finances. I pray as well tonight, Lord, that you will touch our church and that we would be a house of bread able to bless able to give because your people are giving. And now, Father, I come to you, and I'm excited, Lord. I really am about this message tonight because, Lord, I'm thankful that you heal, but I want to deal with that question of why we do get sick sometimes. So I'm asking you, would you touch me? Would you anoint me? And would you anoint the folks who are joining with me tonight? Lord, give us eyes to see with, ears to hear, and Lord, help us to apply this word to our life, for it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Well, 
Let's talk about that because it's an important subject. Just a few years ago, John Smith was a 14-year-old boy who drowned. His mother prayed for him. He had been underwater for 45 minutes, and his mother prayed for him, and life was restored to this 14-year-old boy. He spent a couple of weeks in the hospital. There was no brain damage. There was no organ damage. And when he was dismissed, and I'm, I'm reading this right out of the news story, the doctor said it was a bona fide miracle. What a great God we serve. And I'm sure that you know somebody that's been healed, or maybe you yourself have been healed. I know folks that have been healed, and they're alive tonight because of God's mercy and grace to them. I'll tell you a couple of those stories as we go along this evening. But right now, let's go to the Word of the Lord, and let's look at Luke chapter 4 and verse 16. Jesus went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the Scriptures. I am so glad that we serve a stand-up Savior. I'm so glad that Jesus stood up for you and for me, that he stands between us and the wrath of God by taking God's wrath upon himself so that we could be saved, so that we could be healed, so that we could have a life of fellowship with our Heavenly Father. Well, let's go on down a little bit further. As Jesus begins to read, he reads from this passage from the book of Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released and that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Wow, you don't want to miss that because that is such an important point in this message tonight, an important, important point in this story. Notice this, that God has anointed Jesus not only to bring the good news, but also the blind will see, the oppressed will be set free. In other words, Jesus is about to start doing something that's going to demonstrate that he's really the Messiah. So let's keep on going through the book of Matthew. Jesus, our stand-up Savior, traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, announcing the good news about the kingdom, and he healed every kind of disease and sickness. Don't miss that. He healed every kind of disease and sickness. Well, news spread about him as far as Syria, and people soon began bringing to him all who were sick. And whatever their sickness or disease, notice, every single one of them, whatever their sickness or disease, or if they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, Jesus healed them all. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad to know that? Jesus healed them all. There's a very close friend of mine and Becky's that we joined with her and her husband when she was diagnosed with cancer. And we began to pray, and then a small group of us gathered around her to pray. She had a tumor the size of a grapefruit. That's how the doctor described it. He said, the tumor is the size of a grapefruit. And we began to pray that God would heal her. She went through all the tests and no healing. We began, we've kept praying and just trusting God. And the day of her surgery came, and her doctor, who happened to be a Christian, said, you know, I want to do one more x-ray. We're going to do one more, let's do one more scan before we do this invasive surgery on you. And to his amazement, to his team's amazement, to everyone in the, in the, in the hospital, and to our amazement as a prayer team, God had totally and completely healed her. Where there had been a tumor, there wasn't a tumor anymore. 
And so when I tell stories like John Smith's that I read to you tonight, or when I tell you the story of our friend named Angie that God healed, then we honestly, we come to the question, if Jesus heals us, and if he has healed us in times past, why do we still get sick, and why do people suffer and get sick? So let's dive right into this. Why do Christians get sick and suffer, and why do I sometimes get sick? Well, let's look at Psalms 103 and verse 1. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord, and may I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. I'm going to ask that the scripture be left up on the bottom of the screen because I'm going to walk you through this scripture tonight for just a little bit. First of all, there's no complaint. There's no grumbling, there's no whining, there's no getting angry at God. Instead, David says, let all that I am praise the Lord. And then he goes just a little further. He says, with all of my heart. In other words, with all my soul and with all my being, no matter what I face, no matter what I come to in life, I'm going to worship and praise the Lord. That doesn't mean we don't ever ask God why. That doesn't mean that we're not ever concerned. But one thing we're going to do, we're going to be a people of worship, and we're not going to be a people that murmur and complain. As I read through the Bible, it's the people who murmur and complain who have the most problems in life. Then David says something else, and I want you to get this. May I never forget the good things he does for me. In other words, he's telling himself, don't leave one thing out. Periodically, I think it's just great for you to sit down and begin to list all of your blessings. You know, I've told you before, I start every day in my, with my quiet time and my devotions, but I, I try to give God thanks for three things specifically every day. One of the things I always give God thanks for is what he's done in my life. I give him thanks for my wife. And then there are other things that just throughout the week, I just keep listing. And when I go back and I do my weekly review, there are 21 things, specific things that I've given the Lord thanks for. You see, it becomes a mindset in our life. It becomes a way of living. It becomes a new habit of thinking. It becomes a new way of looking at life. God is magnified. God is glorified. And you're not looking at the problems, trembling in face of those problems. You're not looking at the enemy and the enemy being magnified in your life. But you're constantly looking at God and you keep bringing back to your remembrance the faithfulness of God. And then he goes and he says this sentence, after praising God, after remembering what God has done for him, he says, he forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. You can't leave a sin out. You can't leave a disease out. What Christ has done has taken care of all of your sin, and he heals us of all of our diseases. But I bet, now listen, I bet, if I were a betting man, I bet I could lay $100 on this table and win that bet. I bet it's easier for you to believe that God forgives your sins than it is that he heals you from all your diseases. I bet it's easier for you to believe that if you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, that your sins are going to be forgiven. But I bet if I had $100 laying right here and I was a betting man, I bet if I laid that $100 down, you'd have to pay me $100 because it's more difficult for you to believe that God heals us of our sicknesses. 
You know, there's an interesting verse in the Bible. The people of Israel will no longer say, this is Isaiah 33 and verse 24, people of Israel will no longer say, we are sick and helpless, for the Lord will forgive their sins. In other words, this is not positive confession. This is a positive affirmation of faith. This is the people of God saying about themselves what God says about them. In other words, we are not sick and helpless, but we are forgiven of our sins. We are, when we're forgiven of our sins, there's just this corollary that God is going to bring health into our life. Let's go back to the book of Isaiah, and I want to read to you from the Amplified Version tonight. Surely, now this is prophetic, this is looking forward to the cross. We as Christians, we look back to the cross, what God has done for us. So Isaiah is looking forward hundreds of years before, and he says, surely he has borne our griefs. And that word griefs there is sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses. And he's carried our sorrows and pains of punishment, yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God as if it were leprosy. Now, that, that is just inc incredible. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. And the chastisement needed to obtain peace for us and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. Now, what's so powerful to me about this, what I want you to get is, the cross hasn't happened yet. My faith and your faith is built up every time we look up at a cross. Just a couple of weeks ago here on a Sunday morning, I talked about all the places that Becky and I have traveled in the world and, and how that everywhere I go that I find a cross erected somewhere. I see even in, in towns and cities where Christianity is the minority faith and maybe Islam is a majority faith or maybe Buddhism or Hinduism is a majority faith and yet you'll still find a cross there. The cross had not happened yet we look at a cross and our faith is built up. We look at a cross and we walk out our salvation. We look to the cross tonight and we're reminded that Jesus took our sins and he took our diseases and he bore them in the cross. It's why the apostle Paul said if he was going to boast about anything, he would boast in the cross of Jesus Christ. You know, if you have anything to brag about, and really you and I don't have anything to brag about, but if we do have something to boast about, it's about what Christ has accomplished for his people at Calvary. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24 with me. Jesus personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds you are healed. Now, this is so important, and I want, you, I want you to get this, and I want you to listen. Healing is included in the atonement. The last two weeks, and tonight, what I've said to you so far, I've just wanted you to see that Jesus Christ, when he carried our sins to the cross, was fulfilling those prophecies that go all the way back to the book of Exodus, and how that Christ bore our sins but he also bore our sicknesses. And so when you think about the atonement, you have to think about healing. Now, let me just ask a question, and you try to answer this for me at home. Did Jesus carry your sins personally to the cross? Of course he did. 
And if you were here in the sanctuary with me tonight, and I ask you this question, did Jesus bear our sins to the cross? Everyone in the congregation would go, yes, amen. Come on, victory. That's what Jesus did. Well, here's my second question. According to what I just read to you from the Word of God, did Jesus bear your sicknesses to the cross as well? And the answer to that, biblically speaking, is yes. Now, here's the question I want to ask you. Now listen, if Jesus bore our sins to the cross, then why do we still sin sometimes? You know you do. You know I do. We still sin. And the reason is we live in a fallen world. We live in a world where we're wrestling against the powers of hell. We're wrestling against sin. But we know when we sin, we have an advocate, that's who, their friend that we're talking about on Sunday morning. We run to Jesus. We run because the Holy Spirit convicts us. Remember, we talked about that Sunday morning. He convicts us, he corrects us, and he convinces us when we confess, confess our sins, he convinces us that we're forgiven. And friends, why do we still get sick then? Because we live in a fallen world where sickness and disease and death and suffering are still part of this world. But here's what I want you to get. Jesus bore the penalty. Jesus bore the power, and Jesus bore the presence of sin for you at Calvary. Now, just imagine that right here in front of me is a cross, and that I'm standing right in front of a cross. Let's make it a little better. Just imagine behind me is the cross, and I'm standing in the front of the cross, and I'm asking you to look to the cross. And, and I ask you as we get ready, we were taking communion together, and I ask you to look up at this cross and remember that Jesus bore your sins and your sufferings to the cross, and there he was crucified for your sins and for my sins. And we broke the bread and we drank the cup together because it's our confession of faith as we remember Christ. He bore the penalty, he bore the power, and he took the presence of sin to the cross. But according to what I've just read to you from all of these scriptures, he bore the penalty, he bore the power, and he bore the presence of our sicknesses to the cross as well. And just like you and I sin from time to time, we also still fall to the power of sickness from time to time. Just like we've been delivered from the penalty and the power and the presence of sin, we have been delivered from the penalty and the power and the presence of sickness. And the fact that I may still sin doesn't mean that I'm not forgiven. And the fact that I may still get sick doesn't mean that I have not been healed. But whenever I'm sick or whenever I sin, I run to the cross. I don't run from the cross. I don't complain and say, oh, Lord, if you were really God in heaven, you would not let me sin. I don't murmur against God and say, oh, Lord, if grace was really real, you would not have let me thought that thought, said that thing, did that thing, or failed to do what I should have done. Instead, we just come to the cross and we say, Lord, forgive us of our sins. One more time, we're asking for mercy and grace. And as we confess, the Holy Spirit convinces us. And when we get sick, we run back to the cross and we don't murmur and complain. Lord, you healed me yesterday. Why am I sick today? Instead, we come to Jesus and we give him thanksgiving for the healing, for bearing the power, the presence, and the penalty of sickness as well upon the cross. And we give him thanksgiving for that. Listen, one day we will be delivered from this world. One day we will be delivered from this world of sin and this world 
world of death. But in the meantime, there is a battle to fight. Look at Exodus chapter 15 and verse 26. I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Every week in this series, we've come back to this verse of Scripture. I am the Lord who heals you. And yet, in my nearly 50 years of being a pastor, being a minister of the gospel, even the absolute best people that I've known, the godliest people that I've known, they get sick, they get old, and they die. They get sick, they get old, and they die. One of my very best friends, one of, my, one of the most godly men I knew, a mentor in my life, I never knew anyone who prayed more than he prayed. I never knew anyone who reflected Jesus more than he reflected Jesus. I never knew anyone who loved lost people the way he loved lost people. I never knew anyone through whom the Spirit of the Lord flowed more beautifully. One of the most absolute best people, and yet he grew old, he grew sick, and he died. Now, he's delivered from the power, the presence, and the penalty of sin and sickness. He is in the presence of God our Father tonight. But during the time that he lived, every time he got ill and every time he got suffered, I was one of the people that he would call to pray with him and pray for him. And I want you to know tonight, the fact that people sin doesn't mean that we're not forgiven. And the fact that people get sick doesn't mean that God hasn't sent his word to heal us. Look at Psalms 107 and verse 20. He sent out his word and he healed them and he snatched them from the door of death. One of the most precious stories in the New Testament to me is this. Let me read to you kind of a lengthy passage, and it's on the screen, so you can follow along with me. But this is about a co-worker of Paul's, and his name was Epaphroditus. I did a whole youth camp one time for a group of students from this passage of Scripture for an entire week. So I'd like you to look with me at Epaphroditus. I am sending him because he has been longing to see you, and he was very distressed because you heard that he was ill. And certainly, he was ill. In fact, he almost died, but God had mercy on him and also on me so that I would not have one sorrow after another. So I am all the more anxious to send him back to you, for I know you'll be glad to see him, Epaphroditus, and then I will not be so worried about you. Welcome him in the Lord's love, and with great joy, give him the honor that people like him deserve for he risked his life for the work of Christ. He was at the point of death while doing for me what you couldn't do from far away. Now again, I'm going to ask the scripture to be left up on the screen. I want you to look at this. Epaphroditus is homesick. He wants to get back to his home church. He's been happy to come and serve Paul. He misses his family. He misses his family in Christ. But he got very ill doing the work of the Lord. A long time ago in another life, back when our kids were very small, a friend of ours who pastored in a congregation of wonderful people, but his wife became ill with cancer. And I will never forget the shock and the horror when a group of people in the church rebelled against his leadership by saying if they were truly Christians, if they were truly people of faith, that his wife would have never gotten cancer. And for a number of months until finally it had to be dealt with in a public way, they made life miserable, especially for his wife who was dying of cancer. 
Friends, that is demonic from the pits of hell. I can't begin to tell you how demonic that is and how evil it is, especially coming from the mouths and the hearts of people who call themselves Christians. When godly people like Epaphroditus is ill, and you don't see Paul trying to cover this up. You don't see Paul trying to mask this. God heals us, but from time to time, we still get ill. The next thing I want you to see is that God had mercy upon Epaphroditus, but he also had mercy upon Paul so that his sorrow would not increase. And he tells him, welcome him back in the Lord's love and great joy and give him the honor that people like him deserve. Just because somebody is sick doesn't mean they lack faith. Just because somebody is sick doesn't mean that they're not living a life that is pleasing to God. As a matter of fact, I don't believe from my study of the Scripture that sickness is what God uses to punish people with. God has already punished our sins in Christ. And I know that there are well-meaning, well-teaching people out there who, who say that God doesn't heal today. But I hope I've been able to give you sufficient scriptural support for the last three weeks before we move a little bit further into this message of healing to understand that God still heals today, and God was the one that healed Epaphroditus. Well, the second question then is, how do I receive healing? How do I get healed? I receive healing like I receive forgiveness of my sins by grace through faith. That's how I get healed. If my sins are forgiven by grace through faith, then that's exactly how I get healed. Grace saves you. Grace heals you. It's time to let go of the past. It's time to let go of the past. Now, you know, those of you that are part of Woodland, and if you're watching it another time, you know that I have had many, many major surgeries. But I can tell you this tonight. I'm healthy. As a matter of fact, I, it's one of my affirmations about life is that I am healthy. I am walking in health. I am in good health. I, I exercise. I eat right. But I also keep telling myself that I'm healthy because it's what God's Word said about me. But now, if I get sick and I'm coughing or I'm, uh, you know, I have a head cold or I'm aching, I don't go around saying, I don't hurt. I'm not sick. Those are just symptoms. No, I keep saying I'm healthy, but I get taken care of whatever it is I need to get taken care of. You know, that's the reason I wanted to distinguish early in this message that to say that I'm healthy is not a positive confession of saying something that I'm not. It's a positive confession of saying what God says that I am. Look at this verse with me from Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 9. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for it. This is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Jesus bore our sins. Jesus bore our sicknesses. Therefore, I can say I am saved. I can say I am healthy. And my focus is always on God's amazing grace. That's where God wants our focus at in life. I can always focus upon this one thing. God's amazing grace. It's not a matter that I'm healthy because of my lifestyle. That's part of it. It's not a matter that I can say I'm saved because of my lifestyle. That's part of it. You know a tree by its fruit. And so if you've been born again, and if you've been filled with God's Holy Spirit, then you will begin to exhibit and demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit in your life. 
but also you can say that you're healed by faith as well and that you're walking in health even when you're struggling with sickness. So you come to him and you say, Lord, you know, I've got a cold. Lord, I'm struggling with COVID. Our son just recently went through a bad bout with COVID. Our creative arts pastor went through it, and his family went through COVID. And my administrative assistant had COVID. I was praying over them every single day. We were saying God's word over them, giving them scriptures, because we believe that God heals. And I'm happy to report to you tonight that they're all walking in health. But now I'm running out of time, so I've got to deal with one question. And that is, what if I'm not healed? What if I'm not healed? That doesn't mean that I still don't make the affirmation that I'm healthy. A few years ago, I asked my doctor. I said, okay, you know, after this last bout and everything I went through in Asia, I says, tell me tonight, am I, or this morning, it was in the morning time, and I was asking him, I says, how would you say my health is? He said, I'd say you have good health. And I said, not excellent health? He says, no. I, we couldn't honestly say you have excellent health. He says, look at what all you've been through. Look at the scars on your body. He said, but you're in good health. He said, you're, you're, you just defy the odds. Well, the reason that we defy the odds is because of Christ. Well, I was satisfied. I was pleased. I walked out of that office, and I sat down in my car, and I bowed my head, and I, I gave God thanks. I didn't forget any of the good things that he had done for me. But I had to acknowledge what the doctor had told me, and that was I've had many, many major surgeries. My body has been, you know, opened up many times. And yet, here I am. I'm still active. I'm still living, I'm still loving, I'm still doing what I love to do in this life, and I'm forever grateful. But I have to ask the question sometimes because there are some people that don't get healed. And here's what I want to say to you tonight. If you don't get healed, you continue to trust God. You continue to trust God. A little over a year ago, we had something very painful happen in our family. As a congregation, you prayed with our family. I stood up on a Sunday morning and announced to you that we were going to be grandparents again. Our son and his wife were about to have their first baby. They had been married just a little over a year, and they were so excited and so happy, and they called us. And then within a couple of days, they called us again, and we went from being way up here to we just hit the bottom. And And when my daughter-in-law called me and my son called me and they told me what was going on, they said, Dad, it doesn't look good. Dad, this is happening. And they began to walk us through everything that was happening and they're saying, please pray. And so I said to them, we're going to pray right now. And I prayed fervently. I prayed in the spirit. I quoted scripture over them. But when we got done praying, I said, we are going to trust God no matter what. We are going to trust God no matter what. If God brings you through this pregnancy, we're going to worship God. If for some reason that this baby is not, is, it, it doesn't carry the term, we're going to worship God no matter what. Well, she lost the baby. And tonight, a little over a year after that time, our son and our daughter-in-law have a child in heaven, and they have a baby in their arms. 
And it was a hard time. It was a difficult time. She and I went through a time of grieving and reading a book together about grief and lament. But what I am so proud of her and what I'm so proud of my son for, I am so grateful for their faith and their trust in God. They trusted God no matter what. Well, when our grandson was born, when little Barakiah was born, and before we left to come back to Michigan, I took Barakiah in my arms, and I lifted him up to the Lord, and I prayed over him, and I gave God thanks for him. But I also gave God thanks for that child that was already in heaven. I gave God thanks for that life that was conceived in, in the womb of, of Rachel. I gave God thanks for that baby. And as we prayed, there wasn't a dry eye in that circle as we prayed together because that grief was still there, but we trust the Lord. And so, friends, our, our covenant with God is simply this. God knows best. God always knows best. Look at Philippians chapter 1 and verse 20. I fully expect and hope I will never be ashamed but I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ whether I live or die. Look at that last sentence. I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ whether I live or die. Do I believe God heals today? Absolutely. Have I seen God heal over and over and over again? But if God chooses not to for whatever the reason, I'm still going to trust God. Our friends drove down from their church and came to see us at our home. And the grief was palatable as a certain sizable number of their congregation had turned upon them. When they needed them most to lift them up in prayer, when they needed them most to comfort them, when they needed them most to intercede, Rather than intercede and pray, they begin to throw rocks and stones and criticize because this dear woman of God had cancer. I want to tell you, that wasn't a manifestation of the grace of Christ. That was a manifestation of the sulfurous flames of hell manifesting to those people. And there in the safety of our home and gathered around in prayer, we prayed for strength and we prayed for healing. Friends, God is a God that heals. God is a God that saves and God is a God that delivers. And it is absolutely wrong when somebody doesn't get healed for somebody to say it's because their faith wasn't large. It's absolutely wrong just to point your finger at the person that prayed for them and say that your faith wasn't great enough. We have to trust some things to the will of God. So, let me go back. John Smith drowned for 45 minutes, totally healed, bona fide miracle. Angie, our friend, healed of a cancerous tumor the size of a grapefruit that God totally touched and healed her. I could go on with blind eyes. I could go on with lame limbs. I could go on with other people who were at death's door that God touched and raised them up. Yes, God is a God that heals. But whether I'm healed or whether I'm sick, I'm going to trust God, and this will always be my confession. I am healthy spiritually, emotionally, and physically. 
And that's a confession that you can make upon the authority of the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. And I thank you that we can address this question courageously. We can address this question without fear of rebuke or reproof from you. We can come to you with this question, Lord. If you still heal, which you do, why do we still get sick? It's because, Lord, we live in a fallen world. But there is coming a day where there will be no more sickness, there will be no more pain, there will be no more heartache, there will be no more death. Lord, we are coming to that day soon and very soon when, Jesus, you will come again and take your people unto yourself. I pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, if you have any questions on this subject, please feel free to email me or send me a text message. I'd love to dialogue with you on it, about it, and help you grow in your faith and your walk with Jesus. Don't forget, join me here on Sunday morning as we continue the series on the Holy Spirit in you. And also join us online Saturday night for our intercessory prayer service. God bless you and keep you. Good night.